0: If I sort of sit in fear of ever being criticized or ever feeling upset that I'm not you know, amazing at something yet, you're never going to get that growth. So I think probably a good acknowledgement that it will f- feel really like shit and tough at times and hence the importance of building that morale at the same time. But the more comfortable you get with that, the more sets and reps you get in of receiving the feedback, feeling the emotions and then moving on, kind of the quicker and quicker you can grow and spiral up from there.
1: Welcome to Startup Jobs, a podcast where we explore all the different jobs inside a tech startup. What exactly are they and what have we learned from scaling jobs from the inside?
0: While a lot of other startup content focuses on the founder, the investor or specific area like marketing, this show is about your personal and career growth journey in whatever startup job is best for you.
1: Yeah, exactly, Maddie. This show is about you. We want you to be the very best that you can be.
0: Hey, hey, Mike. Welcome back.
1: Hello, Maddie. Welcome to 2024.
0: It's going to be a good year, I think. You're feeling refreshed after the break?
1: Yeah, we had a skip week and I was going to sneak in a bit of a solo episode.
0: You know, I was like, I was so relaxed coming with
1: family <laughs> that um, I thought, do you know what? The podcast will, will survive with a skip week, but um, we'll be back to our weekly posts now. How did you go on your reflections and did you get a chance to, to dust off the journaling skills?
0: I sure did. Um, I think having the, spending two weeks, um, you know, of the shutdown was actually like a great, great idea that we had. Um, Having that extra week post kind of Christmas and New Year's and all the family time and just having a week to myself was, yeah, a great start to the year. Definitely dusted out the old journal um, and yeah, got some really good reflection time in. And a bit of goal setting as well for this year, Um, some actual achievable New year's resolutions, which I've gotten much better at smartifying my goals, which is good rather than just I will be healthy and whatever. Um, So yeah, yeah, no, great break. And I guess some of those reflections that I had over the break have sort of led us to the topic I'm keen to discuss in today's episode, which is, uh, yeah, I guess like something I probably reflected on um, over that period was... Yeah, concept of jumping into a new role and probably actually addressing the imposter syndrome that I've been feeling and haven't necessarily been owning and kind of helped me spark this concept of uh, taking criticism well and seeking feedback in a new role. So, you know, as as we ended 2023, we spoke about reflecting and journaling and taking action with the goal to, you know, 2x times your growth this year. And something that I was pretty aware was holding me back was the fact that whilst I've got a bit of imposter syndrome in this new role and I'm trying all of these new things, I also, whilst I'm trying to prove myself and do a good job, I also need to be really open and honest in seeking feedback and be ready to take some criticism because that's where I'm actually going to receive the growth. So yeah, that's that's sort of what I, what I want to pick your brain about today is around how how to seek feedback and set, set a good culture with your manager and peers to receive that feedback but in a really productive way that it's not just compliments and you're actually getting criticism that you need so that you can kind of go off to to improve
1: wow what a what a great uh, <laughs> what, a, what a what a great topic there's um there's so much here around how to take critical feedback or hey buddy i noticed you did this you could do that better um, yeah how to mo- both both Host encourage those conversations but then balance it with the right level of you know you don't want to be wallowing and everything that you're always crapping and and you want to use it as like yeah. a positive fuel and then particularly when you're new you're probably even more self-conscious of all the areas that you're yeah. not great at yet and so then okay how do I triage which are the most important ones um and and then how do I also just have some positive mojo going through that as well right um and also not be overwhelmed by by it all because you know if you sort of use an analogy of starting a new sport tennis is a good example where you know someone's like oh like actually your feet you know aren't standing right that way and actually you know you need to be swinging that you know that part of your body this way and then your elbow needs to come out here and then oh by the way you need to be at the net now at this time like if, if you're getting like all these pointers everywhere it's just like you know if you're yeah. just starting out it's like, good Lord, like how do I how do I take all this on and I want to have a good attitude, but I also want to feel like I'm making progress uh, and focusing on the right thing. So yeah there's there's a lot lot to be um lot to be covered here for sure. Um, where's a good place to start, Maddie?
0: How about a good place to start, I think is probably by doing it right? So there's probably a lot of areas you can reflect on where where you want to receive the feedback best way is, is probably just to start getting the feedback and fostering the relationship with your manager uh to to ask for that. So I guess how do you so in in the position where you're trying to prove yourself, you're trying to do a good job and you're hoping that you are doing a good job, how do you ask the right questions with the right framing to get that honest feedback? Uh and I guess, yeah it's not protecting yourself, but yeah, it's balancing the emotions of getting a whole list of, yeah, you you're shit at this, you mess that one up, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. How to, and how to do it on a micro level as well so that it's, yeah, kind of like daily improvements.
1: Good. Um, all right. So let's start with the S-curve of learning. So those who work at ZipWine have seen us reference this S-curve. Um, it, it sort of starts flat, on the bottom, sort of left to right, and then it sort of curves up and then it kind of flattens out um, left to right at the top. And it's a good way of thinking of going from novice to mastery. Um, So it's not this straight line, it's this sort of S curve, right? And so, again, back to the tennis analogy or learning how to play piano or anything new, when you start out, it's this very low flat line at the bottom and it, it feels like crap it doesn't feel like you make much progress and you primarily feel like shit like when you're in the early novice stage um then you start going up you know and, and it starts going up quite steep something happens and and you know they call that the sweet spot and then that's really exhilarating because all of a sudden you're like oh wow like i'm <laughs> a lot better at this thing like i just effortly did this i did that um, and you can look back just two, three weeks ago and you weren't there. And so that feels really great. And then you're in the sweet spot for a, a period of time, you know, depending on what it is that you're doing, it could be a handful of years uh, in a role, whatever it may be, sometimes six months, and then you get near the top and then you have a level of mastery. And then you sort of feel like, okay, <laughs> you know, the, 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 there's not as much growth, right? And so we talk about internally that you always want to make sure that you're on the, that S-curve. Are you going up quickly? You're, you, there's an element that's in the sweet spot and you want to have an element that's mastery. Um, so to take it back to the feedback that you want to be seeking is dependent on where you are in that S-curve. And generally speaking, the very earlier that you are, so the more junior you are, um, it's important to, suppose it a little bit easier on yourself and you want to be seeking out... Um, confirmation that you're on the right track so you you actually want like you kind of probably need more pats on the back and encouragement than a list of 13 things that you did shit (laughs) and the areas to focus on you probably just need one or two and you need it from someone who has mastery in that thing that you're junior at right so again let's use the tennis analogy let's say you're just starting out you're like hyper self-conscious because you're out on the court everyone's like effortlessly hitting these balls like you're you know sending every third ball over the fence you're feeling like crap you know you've got someone there that may be a peer of yours and you're like i'd love to get to that level you know in six months what you don't need is that person coming up to you and giving you the 13 things that you should be doing differently and here's you know here's four here's four books to read and like this actually you probably want like hey you're on the right track here actually like you hit that like you hit that ball really well and like you've got all the core mechanics, you know, like your footwork all looks good. You know, if I was you, I'd focus on this one thing, you know, fr- from here on out today. And once you feel confident in that, then I'd probably focus on this. Um, and so, yeah, I think uh, I, we'll, we'll talk about how do you seek encouragement because that, could, that can, can, can be a bit weird. But I'd say when you're early on, you want more uh, confidence and encouragement and bolstering your growth mindset like then you can get there and then you want to focus on just one or two main areas uh, to, to to grow on. So I'll, maybe let's break down feedback in those three areas, like hyper novice, like sweet spot of growth and then mastery because the type of feedback that you get when you're in mastery is, is, is quite different. But I'll just sort of pause there around the novice, <laughs> when we're in the novice zone um, and then no, we can touch on the other two.
0: Yeah, cool. Yeah, and it, it makes sense in that novice zone, especially when, yeah, imposter syndrome's high and you're, yeah, you're super new to everything is, yeah, getting enough encouragement that you're, um yeah, you're progressing and, and keen to progress. And then sort of from what you're saying there, I assume, you know, taking ownership yourself and pulling out the things that you don't feel confident on or the things that you know need improvement and then probably prioritising, yeah, what one or two things is going to be your focus in the next two weeks, the next month. And then seeking, you know, specific feedback on those things, acknowledging that the others still need improvement, but can, can come later um, and will likely come in that high growth uh, phase. Yeah.
1: So I'd say um, when you're in the novice zone, I would focus on three things. One is um, like your morale and your growth mindset. So you mm. want to constantly be, all right, like I've got this, you know, I'm, I'm making progress. It's going to feel a bit shitty. It's going to feel like I'm not making progress. But I'm doing a really hard thing right now. And we grow the most when we do really hard things. It feels awkward as hell being embarrassed on this court with other people. But I will be that person soon. And it's going to be great. And I'll be able to help other people on this. And so, yeah, like that whole kind of growth mindset and your morale. And I think it's okay to seek out um, external inputs to help bolster that morale. Now, you clearly don't want to do it in the... <laughs> you know, in the ten-year-old version of yourself, when you are in primary school, you know you do a drawing, you are like, "Oh, this is so crap," and then you are just wanting people to go, "Oh, no, no, actually, Maddie, that is really <laughs> good." Um, you know, but I think you can, you can sort of go, "Hey, like, help me out. I've just been doing this for a handful of months." Um, you know, ballpark, like what's working well here, um, so that way you can get the, 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 the positive, um, the positive piece, uh, and then point. So that, that's the first point, right? So focus on your morale um, and you can get input from folks that help bolster that morale the second thing is um like everyone will have feedback and everyone will have points of view but they're not all weighted equally right mm-hmm. like how yeah. like you know how that <laughs> I, I clearly remember when we had our first born grace and we took a home we were living in in apartment um, in Sydney and there was this uh, there's this old uh, older Chinese uh, lady that lived near us and she would always pull us aside you know just about 90 odd and like she was so opinionated in all the things that we did <laughs> like, oh, you know make sure you like you know add a bit of ginger in this and then make sure you do that da, 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 da. and it's like the advice that I take from her around parenting is going to be different from a friend that I see that has a 10 year old and yeah. I really respect the way they parent versus, you know, so basically like you want to grade, you don't need, like you shouldn't take all advice as equal. Um, and actually some advice you can completely disregard, right? Like just again, if there was like yeah. a, a mad nutter uh, in the in the city, uh, you know, there's some sort of drunk that's like sparing a bunch of nonsense about what you should do with your life. Like you just happily ignore that. Like you just go that, like that has no relevance, like at all. You don't even... You know, you don't think about it going, oh, that crazy guy said that I need to, you know, start wearing tinfoil hats or whatever. And so I think it's Mm -hmm. the same in the workplace. Like in the workplace, every person actually has a different level of believability uh, and weighting in the feedback that they're giving you. And so it's not all equal. And so then you go, okay, who do I, whose are the bits of feedback that I can actually take on board? honestly, there's only one rule and that, that's the, the, you know, the, the believable person test, which is, you know, in the book principles, which, you know, can effectively be distilled as does this person have a proven track record at excellence in the thing that you're trying to get better at? <laughs> um, yeah. And, and so if they do, then, and 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 the way they go about it is sort of a model of how you would want to uh, be as well. Um then you should weight that very high. You know, give that a 10 out of 10 weighting. And then, you know, someone else who has an opinion, who may be quite senior, but maybe on the engineering side, what have you, there may be an interesting nugget there, but you want to take it as the, you know, the Chinese lady down the hall. Like, there may be something there that's interesting, but I'm not going to, like, massively upweight this. And so, yeah, screening in um, and only allowing feedback to really hit you um, from highly believable people is the important second one.
0: Um, Mm -hmm.
1: And then the third point is, yeah, you just want to be focusing on one or two things. So you sort of want a bucket of, here's the stuff that I'm doing quite well and progressing quite well on. Um, these are the people that I will seek feedback for and get, you know, high believable. And I'm going to just focus on one or two areas uh, and get that, you know, from one out of 10 to, you know, a six out of 10. And then I'm going to bounce it back off those believable people to go to, I now need a continue working on my footwork and you know uh this swing or am i now ready to take on a new like element and so you almost want to be bouncing that off um you know that person the other thing is like we're talking very specific in like uh people the other one that i would put in bucket two is is content and so like i've this is where like the way you learn becomes really important so i spend most of my time probably going to content whether it's books like YouTube clips, you know, talks at conferences, podcasts, and I'm seeking out AKA believable people who have mastering that skill that I'm trying to get better at. And I'm just absorbing, you know, that world. And then I'm filtering, you know, I'm filtering in, um, you know, what are some of the things that I, that I want to take away from that. So in summary, one, focus on your morale, uh, and, 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 keep your morale high, uh, to only allow, um, yeah, basically only filter in highly believable um, people and content that have proven to do the thing that you want to get better at. And then three, only focus on one or two things at a time.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's great. I really like the second point, especially around yeah grading the advice based on the person who's giving it. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely a good nugget there. And I guess at this stage as well, kind of a question keen to understand is what sort of frequency do you think is a good amount at this stage to be seeking feedback? Is this um, yeah, daily, weekly, monthly, like I assume at this phase, this is when you want to be getting a lot of feedback regularly and like micro nuggets. Uh, yeah. Would you agree with that or do you have a different take? Um,
1: yes. On those one or two things mm. that, that are high impact. So let's like move it into a customer facing role. So let's say, hey, I just want to like really nail um, confidence in my product expertise and the way that I, you know, demo and speak about the product in my customer meetings, as an example, let's just say that's the one area that you want to focus on. Then I I don't think there's anything wrong in going quite deep in that area and then having quite high levels of fidelity, you know, on that. And it's worth mentioning that you can do a lot of this stuff on your own. Like you actually don't need to be dependent Mm. on other people. Yeah. So, you know, to go back to a sports analogy, um, you know, like Kobe Bryant didn't didn't shoot around a bunch and then go to, like, all these shooting coaches and then ask for a bunch of feedback and then wait. for Like, he just, like, shoot 500 times a day, right? So like, every single day right. I want to make sure I'm going to shoot 500 mm-hmm. balls, right? Um, yeah. And he can go back and watch his own film, you know, in games and spot. Like, even when you're really junior, you can usually spot about 70 80% of the stuff that you need to focus on, especially when you understand some of the fundamentals. So, yeah, I think, uh, like, absorbing yourself in whatever it is that you want to get better at. Um, You can go back and watch recorded calls like with customer meetings and you'll be able to spot a bunch of stuff. And then that way you can then go to specific people, um, you know, or bounce that off content and say, hey, like I played back this thing. I'm noticing that I'm getting tripped up in this area and I'm actually not quite too sure how to improve it. So then that way your your feedback request is also very specific, which is a lot easier for a a master to then – Who's busy doing their own thing right like because if you come to me and you say hey mike um i just really want to get better in customer meetings what do you recommend yeah i'm just going to yep. be like well, fuck like <laughs> god like where to start like um yeah. and also like unless i've seen you in action in the last seven meetings of the so as opposed to hey mike i'm really trying to nail the way that i'm positioning this product and demoing this particular area like right now i'm taking this approach but i'm getting this kind of response i'm thinking of tweaking it to be more like a b and c i noticed that you know this website or this guru says this you know i noticed noni internally does it like this like hey like what would you what would you recommend you know then that's a yeah, very awesome. good um yeah. way of seeking out feedback in getting a lot better in that very particular area, and you've done a lot of the. You know, we talk about pre-chewing <laughs> the meat. You know, when mm. you go to someone mm. um, beforehand, it's the same in like getting specific um, bits of advice or feedback. You're kind of you're already done some pre-thinking. Um, you know, hey, like I'm really working on my footwork right now, but I notice when you know I get this. Back end that's deep in the the the, the cord, I kind of fumble around a bit, and I'm not quite too sure. Like, should I be shuffling to the side, or should I be sprinting backwards, or should I be running backwards? There seems to be different theories on it. You know, what what do you think I should be doing here? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's great, that's great. Yeah, the real specific ask is yeah is uh, kind of goes to my original question as well around like yeah, how what's the best way to ask to get to get that honest feedback? Um, so yeah, doing a lot of the work yourself beforehand rather than just, yeah, hoping to get the all the answers without putting in the work.
1: And I think it's possible to do the zoomed out version as well, right? So we're talking mm. about like a, now a very specific zoomed in version, but I think there could be a zoomed out one, particularly like if you're feeling a bit overwhelmed, like should I be focusing on my footwork or on this like yeah, serve right now sure. or should I be focusing on like my volley or whatever it may be? So I think that could also be useful in, you know, hey, nonnie I'm just thinking like holistically about me having greater impact You know in this customer role um you know i need to achieve these outcomes the areas that i feel most self-conscious that i'm not great at is one two and three however there's all these other things i've been getting like this kind of feedback i've basically got like six or eight things that i could throw myself at but i know Mm -hmm. that i should really only focus on one or two right now like what are the one or two that would probably have most impact relative to what i'm trying to get done you know at my next stage and also picking ones that you feel like you can quite good momentum on because you know some are going to be quite advanced so like to use the tennis analogy like you wouldn't start out by optimizing your volley um you know at the net like you just you just wouldn't start there because like that dude like that's a pretty advanced move like you could actually Mm. get pretty decent in tennis and never go to the net and hit a volley um, like just focus on some basic footwork to begin with or focus on, you know, some serve confidence or, yeah, just have to focus on consistently hitting a forehand. And so if you don't have that expertise, what you desperately don't want to be doing is optimising the wrong thing and getting specific advice, you know, around like, yeah. you know, bullying when you can't even consistently hit a forehand. And so um, I think the, when you're feeling a bit overwhelmed with everything and like, okay, like where should I like focus on, I think that can also be a good way of getting specific uh, feedback.
0: Yeah, yeah, great. Probably in that novice stage, a good point to start at the zoomed out view to know what's important and then, yeah, get into the micro level to actually get those kind of achievable areas to improve. Yes, and And you always want to be picking the area
1: that's going to make the most impact for what your goal is right now. Um, Mm -hmm. So I always like the five-step process for this. So you sort of zoom out and go, okay, like what's my goal, right? Okay, so I've got... 10 customers these 10 customers need to you know blah and then I need to you know have blah done okay like to be able to hit that goal in the next three months I'm a complete novice of this thing what are the biggest things that are in the way or that could go wrong in me not hitting that goal okay you know they uh-huh. wouldn't they you know they don't trust me they don't want to like show up at any meetings they don't feel like I you know help them out and blah, blah. like you just jot down a bunch of like kind of big problems that might be in the way of that goal and then go, okay, what's the, you know, sort of ask why, 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 why try to get to the root of, okay, like what would be really going on there around getting that in the way. Okay. And then now you're circling in on what's probably the areas that are worth your effort. You can then take that to someone to say, okay, I've got like five or four big areas here. Um, like help me pick the one, you know, relative to my goal that's going to make the biggest impact. Cause yeah, there's always infinite number of things one can get better on. Um, even in a particular yeah. role when you're a novice. And so you want to pick the one that's going to, uh, the, the one that you're going to be able to confidently get some good momentum on quite quickly, you know, at an 80-20 and actually make an impact towards your goal quite quickly, which is then going to fuel the feeling good. It's going to fuel the momentum, which is then going to take you to the next stage. <laughs> you know, it will take you out of the novice stage um, yeah. and it will take you into that, High growth sweet
0: spot stage. Yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Which feeds us nicely into how you think about taking criticism in that high growth stage. Uh, So, we've obviously got, yeah, when you're in a novice, when you're at the novice stage, focus on morale, you know, picking the right people to take the advice from. Not all advice and not all people are equal in that sense. And yeah, focusing on one or two things from a zoomed out level into the one or two big things. things. Yes. Yeah. So, then when you're in high growth phase, uh, yeah, how, do, how does that then change on on how you seek out feedback and take criticism well?
1: Yeah, I mean this this is obviously like the fun stage because you're sort of like enjoying it. You've got some wind yeah. in the back. You know, now, now is actually the time where you can kind of hit the smorgasbord and you can kind of look more broadly uh, and you may even have the ability to work on multiple things at once. So, you know, yes, you still yeah, want to stay within your one or two but you may actually be able to do three or four things you um, – you may be able to uh, like go, actually, here you can put it this way, like let's use a piano analogy. When you're learning to play piano, you have no choice but to fumble through the hard phase of just getting your fingers to do what they need to do on those goddamn keys, right? And it's going (laughs) to feel like crap. And you purposely need to go over the hard spot and you just need to just get that basic coordination. And there'll be nothing that will be enjoyable about that. Um, that will just be kind of pure pain <laughs> to get through, <laughs> it, right? And then once you've got like that yep. basic coordination, now you go into the second one. Well, now you've got a choice. Like now you can go, am I going to work on a bunch of like classical, like mm. pieces and stuff where I just I'm just frankly just a little bit bored, but it may technically be the right thing. Or do I want to like I don't know, download some Ed Sheeran and you know <laughs> Taylor Swift simple chords and actually just. Play simple stuff that i'm actually going to enjoy um yeah and so i actually like in the sweet spot orientate yourself towards the things that may not necessarily be like the, technically the highest impact but um you're going to feel engaged and motivated um so yeah in a, in a customer sales scenario you may go do you know what like I really love the discovery process, um, and that's something that you just just really really enjoy. Um, yeah. As opposed to you know being a weapon on negotiation or something like that, or like you know understanding contracts and how to like. So you may go. I, I technically may need to get better in the customer negotiation contract thing, but that's kind of going to be a bit my classical music. You know, I might get back to that. Yeah. You know, later. I'm actually just yep. going to indulge in a couple of areas that I'm going to you know enjoy and sort of follow my mm. own. Um, kind of curiosity and follow my own like I'm going to love like getting better at this and so that's yeah that's where you sort of just want to start enjoying it but you can kind of take on multiple things at once so you can sort of do two or three four things
0: yeah yeah that's great I love that Um, and yeah keeps keeps the morale building high as well because then you're really enjoying what you're improving exactly 100% 100% yeah awesome and then I guess like throughout that phase of high growth you you know can indulge in those areas you enjoy and find your sweet spot But I assume that before you can hit mastery, you also do need to acknowledge those sort of, let's say, those legal technical areas or the negotiation that you might not want to be focusing on. Um, Yeah, like they'll get to a point at high growth where you've, let's say, you've found your sweet spot um, that is your specialty, but then you've still got to acknowledge the other areas that might not be as enjoyable for you, but you need before you hit mastery. Um, Yeah, any, any sort of feedback on how to then, Yeah, acknowledge they haven't been areas you've prioritized yet, but if you want to hit that mastery level, they're things you need. You'd really need to improve. Mm. I tend.
1: I mean, this is my personality type. Um, Different folks may take different approaches, but (laughs) I tend to. I tend to um, do the stuff that I don't enjoy as much and take that on, like when I need it the most. Um, Yeah, of, Yeah, use like the the tennis volley analogy. It's like. I could play singles games forever with family and friends and never hit a volley at the net. I'll be fine. And for whatever reason, if Mm. hitting volleys is the version of that, like, legal thing, well, if I sign myself up to doubles, um, I'm going to look like complete crap if I'm playing doubles and I cannot hit a volley. And so there will be a forcing function of, oh, fuck, okay, I better, now I'm going to spend the next two weeks, four weeks or whatever just really zeroing in on that. And I may not enjoy it necessarily but in the broader context of what I'm trying to get done here which is actually I want to start playing doubles um, yeah so I, th- I think it's okay to productively procrastinate on those ones uh, to then mm. only take it up when it's absolutely needed so in the back of your mind you're like okay I need to understand how you know master services agreements work and how like da works but you know I'm not at that stage with any of my customers so I will just like punt that thing and then mm-hmm. when it comes closer like I'll just sort of cram and throw myself into it for a handful of weeks um and i think you know anything can be can can be found to be enjoyable once um once you throw and, and particularly once you throw yourself into it if it's there to get to an end goal that you're trying to get to right um and and, and yeah, to use the kobe basketball analogy or whatever, whatever analogy you want to pick there is no discipline where you go after your goals where everything's going to be enjoyable all the time and so you know mixing the fun enjoyable stuff with the you know the frogs that you need to eat um, becomes important, but I don't think you have to, I, th- I think you can take those on when you're absolutely, in the, you know, when, when, it's, when it's at a critical stage.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you've just said there around, yeah, like when you really own that this is now the time that I'm going to learn this thing I've been punting and have that mindset towards, yep, yeah, this is the time and I've now got a time crunch removes the procrastination from it for sure. Um, and you can be like, yep, yeah, finally I'm going to deal with this thing that I've been punting um, let's let's just get into it and learn it. And that
1: way you're not doing it for the sake of enjoyment. Like those other ones, you pick those Taylor Swift songs, you pick those, like you're actually just doing that for the sake of the enjoyment and you're into it as opposed to, oh, fuck, mm. my, yeah, I really do need to start doing some scales now to be able to get to the next level. But when then you start doing the scales, it the, it's, may not be enjoyable, but it is it is the most critical stage to unlock to be able to go to the next level, like to use a computer game analogy. You know, it is that one you know, yeah. uh baddie at the end of that stage. And you <laughs> kind of have no choice. You have to slay that thing to be able to get to level 38 in the game. Um, but it makes slaying that thing, even though it may not be enjoyable, you know, those scales that you need to do, you know, that legal work thing that you need to do, you know, understanding, you know, finances and whatever it may be that is like not enjoyable in on its own in isolation. It, it sort of becomes this... It becomes this interesting challenge that I find almost takes on a new sense of enjoyment. As to I'm going to slay this goddamn yeah. thing at the end of this yeah. stage, knowing that it's going to unlock me to the next thing, and I just want to get this thing over and done with and get it at good enough levels, so I can go back to finding the next thing that I really enjoy doing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I love that. And then, yeah, after after but don't hide le- from levels. them. Don't run from
1: them. Otherwise, you'll be stuck yeah. in that stage forever.
0: <laughs> yeah, which would become very painful for sure. Um, So, yeah, then I guess you you hit that stage of mastery and I think that I'll be keen to hear your thoughts on this because just thinking about it now, I guess there can be sort of two types of masters. The first one, which is not the type of master I'd ever want to be, is one who, yeah, considers themselves a master and that's it. They've learned everything that they need to learn and their advice is always correct and then sort of never willing to keep learning. Whereas i definitely say the second type of mastery that we foster a lot more at Zipline is the consistent improvement, consistent growth. Like, yes, I'm, you know, I've proved myself in this area. I've got X amount of experience in it and feel really confident running this. However, there's always more to learn. There's always different perspectives and there's there's also people out there going back to sort of the novice stage, those, um, you know, those highly believable people who are better than me and who I can keep learning from. Uh, yeah, and it, like I, that's the type of master I think most of our listeners would want to end up as. So when you're in the mastery stage, you probably have, you know, in the novice stage, you've got the ability to be like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm new to this. Like, help me out. I have, you know, like not much of an ego as well, right? Like I'm willing to take criticism and feedback. When you get to the mastery stage, how do you still foster that, you know, curiosity and willingness to be corrected and receive criticism, even though I guess your whole ego and career is built on the fact that, yeah, I've got heaps of experience in this and I'm a master at this particular thing. Mm.
1: Um, yeah, so uh, referring to our Bible from Ray Dalio Principles, he calls this like radical um, open mindedness, and so there's a whole section as to sort of how to be radically um, open minded. And, and most people think that they're radically open minded, but <clears throat> actually, radically open minded is your your. you you don't let the fears of what others think of you get in the way of finding the actual truth and finding Mm. blind spots and finding areas that maybe you can't see that are holding you back or holding other people back and then embracing that sort of very, very candid um, uh, bit of feedback. So, yeah, like I find when you're in mastery, this is where you're purposefully not needing the pats on the back because you have enough self-confidence in okay i'm like pretty good at this thing and and you're going out of your way to go i want to get even better at this thing because it's going to get me to another level or whatever it may be and so yeah this is where you're specifically zeroing in on like kind of quite critical feedback and looking for blind spots so i mean an example yesterday i caught up with um you know, someone who's on our board and was, you know, going through, hey, like, so this thing's out, that's that thing's at, you know, a couple of pats in the back, but I actually just sort of almost shut down the pats in the back and go, hey, like, I don't need cheerleading, you know, like, if I want cheerleading, mm. I'll go give my mum a call and she'll tell me that I'm you know, <laughs> doing a good job. Like, I actually want to spend eighty percent of this conversation on what am I missing, what am I not thinking about, what are my blind spots, like, what are other people like me in, you know, other companies right now, like, what are they doing well that maybe we're not, you know, taking on board as much? Like, what are some some bends around the corner that could, um, you know, that could potentially trip us up? And so, yeah, I think, like, again, you just have to look at folks that are at the top of their field, yeah. um, like in sports or what have you, and you just see the way they, you know, behave. Like, you know, as as, 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 as Kobe's, uh, you know, Brian's going through his and he's at mastery, you know, he's like, he's going out of his way to call Michael Jordan every single day and go, like, what do I need to do? Like, what, like, basically, like, tear me down. Uh, like, <laughs> like, that there is no, like, I'm not calling other masters to get pats on the back. Like, I'm, I'm specifically seeking out very specific bits of what am I missing here? Um, and so I think that's probably the best way to kind of summarize the, the sort of mindset at, at the mastery level
0: yeah absolutely absolutely and that's definitely um yeah yeah you can really see the differences in the stages of from novice to high growth to mastery there and how you continually seek uh seek feedback find your blind spots and and yeah take the take feedback on feedback and criticism on well to improve so yeah I guess it's like going back to where we started the episode around the s curves I think probably when I started at zip or maybe like a bit of a naive um concept but I guess yeah I sort of thought the S curve is like is that journey then you've gone from novice, high growth to mastery, and then it stops there. But like definitely what I've learned at Zipline is that just like the constant growth and the constant S curves. Like I assume even in your role, you still feel like that with particular areas that you're yeah, you're picking that as a blind spot and you're almost starting at a level of a novice potentially for some things. Um, and just like, yeah, the consistent growth and wanting, wanting to learn more and more rather than, yeah, staying in your silo and thinking that there's nothing else to learn. Uh, yeah, it keeps your career really exciting and, and offers more like journeys into a lot of different areas in the business.
1: Exactly. And this is why we also talk about like s curve stacking and, and having various yeah. S-curves on the journey because it, it feels like crap if the three most important things you need to do in your job and you're you're novice at all of them. Like, that yeah. that is hard. Then then you really sure. just need to focus on morale, frankly. Like just to mm-hmm. literally bolster your morale only. And yeah, those that, one or two things. I think mean, the the ideal spot to be in, um, you know, like if I think of my world, right? There's a there's a range of areas where I have like pretty high high mastery. Whether it be, yeah, you know, kind of customer engagement stuff. Whether it be like some product stuff. You know, whether it's like you know kind of um, managing teams and like direction like strategy stuff like communicating like all this sort of stuff you know like there's there's good levels of mastery but you know I'm never slowing down like I'm still wanting to hmm. like obsessively continue to get better right like I'm making those those kobe like phone calls uh, on those areas but then I'm also spotting areas where actually do you know what like what's really important for us right now is to take our finance function to another level right like in the the macro market you know sort of burn money and grow at all costs that's sort of in the rearview mirror and so it's about efficient growth it's about you know being profitable then all of a sudden there's a muscle around oh can we afford to hire these two three people now like and what would that do Mm. to our and so it's like oh well I'm not a complete novice but that's not an area of mastery for me and so you know an example I've just you know read six books (laughs) and completed the SAS CFO course and I feel you know, I feel at the latter stage of novice there, like I'm probably in the sort of sweet spot of growth and I'm really enjoying that, right? Um, and so I think you can stack various areas at the same, so you, you're not just, yeah, it's not just like one S curve in isolation. I think it's mm. important to kind of use that tennis analogy, like if every single day you're just like the hyper novice, um, that, that is tough on the emotion, right? And so, but then let's just say, uh, just to use a kind of like stretch the analogy, let's just say, I don't know. event management is an area where you have like pretty high mastery and then they say to you oh hey maddie do you mind organizing i don't know like the christmas function for the tennis club and like organizing this and you just like run an amazing like event and everyone's like oh like you're killing it but like, that's then going to feel good in front of those peers where sure i'm the clumsy newbie mm. um you know on the court and i'm going through that bit of novice but i'm also able to use some of my mastery skills so i think that is in, that is important like in a, in a job function is where you um where, where you can have multiple s curves happening at once and then just being being aware of those um is important maybe like a good place to finish um maddie is i suppose just taking like the the emotional state of taking the feedback and the pain or like yeah some, if, if if that if that believable person said, "Hey, like you may not know this, but you know blah," um, and and I know you you put some content together here just around like I suppose like emotionally taking that criticism and feedback well, um, yeah. How would you mm. sort of summarize some of those pieces and, and that emotional journey of learning from your mistakes, um, etc.?
0: Yeah, I suppose there's a bit of how do I summarize that? I guess the like having the correct sort of mindset and and resilience in a way of being willing to take it on. Like you need to have the mindset of being ready to take a bit of a hit to the ego or um yeah. Like in have that right mentality to take it. And then I guess like acknowledge the emotion after like you might jump off a call and feel like absolute shit and really like disappointed because you thought you were growing in that area. And probably doing the classic sort of um like cortisol flushing and acknowledging those emotions and like this really matters to me and that's that's why I want to improve like sitting with those emotions and like utilizing them to fuel you on a little bit um and then you know in turn using that as a resilience building exercise of like I took that hard feedback there I did something about it and and probably like comfortably going back to the person who gave you the feedback and you know like thanking them for it and letting them know sort of where you've progressed um and then like continuously building that muscle to then get better and better at being less emotional in those um, in those kind of like receiving of criticism because yeah, I think initially it can feel like a personal attack, but you really want to frame it towards it's not a personal attack on me like it's it's constructive feedback that's gonna make me better. And if I sort of sit in fear of ever being criticized or ever feeling upset that I'm not you know amazing at something yet, you're never gonna get that growth. So I think yeah, probably a good acknowledgement that it will f- feel really like shit and tough at times uh, and hence the importance of building that morale at the same time. Um, but yeah, but you know, the more comfortable you get with that, the more sets and reps you get in of, of receiving the feedback, feeling the emotions and then moving on kind of the quicker and quicker you can grow and spiral up from there. That'd probably be my, my take on how to manage that. Like definitely still something I'm like learning as well. It's yeah, I've never been, I'm a pretty emotional person so it's never been the easiest thing for me but just like acknowledging those emotions and it's kind of nice because it's like, well, it means I care and I want to be good at this thing rather than, you know, I'll oh, blanket, oh, well, I don't really care, they can criticise me, that's a them problem, I'll I'll just keep doing me because, yeah, that, that'll never lead you to growth.
1: Yeah, that's great. I mean I would summarise this as all of this falls under the growth mindset bucket, right? So mm. if I look at the posters that were in my kids classrooms at a very young age you know when they were like eight or you, and they were all in growth mindset you know there's posters like mistakes are proof that i'm trying and learning you know i'm no good at this you know yet um the harder it gets the more i learn <laughs> you know pain is growth working you know pain is the growth zone um you know i get smarter as i work through tough problems um i can get better at anything if i put in the time and the effort um you know when when things get tough i get tougher like all these types of things mm. are all within the kind of growth mindset and if you sort of go back to that sort of tennis analogy or whatever analogy that we want to use around being particularly in the novice area like if 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 you're like totally fumbling that serve and then that one master's like oh why don't you like put this you know put your elbow up here what have you if in the back of your mind in that moment and from then on out you're just like oh well it's because like my coach hasn't you know said that to me yet and oh like
0: mm-hmm. i'm like
1: i'm trying like and if you're making a bunch of like excuses and a bunch of Um, like complaints and you're just you're feeling like no one likes that moment where you're feeling shit that is painful right like that is painful there's no avoiding you don't get good at stuff and you don't grow without that pain it's unavoidable like there is no always enjoyable comfortable cruising and high growth in a new particular area like those those two things do not exist (laughs) and Mm so you're going to have to manage that emotion and and managing that emotion you know, is is the growth mindset. And so, you know, don't feel bad about the mistakes. Also acknowledge that, yes, like it's going to feel clumsy and embarrassing. You know, you can make lighthearted comments at it. You know, you can kind of go, hey, like it, this feels freaking awkward that I'm, you know, hosting this meeting in front of this and I've only known this product for a week. Like, you know, mm. kind of wish me luck. I'm no good at it yet, but I know that I will be really great at it in a couple of months' time and I'm really looking forward to that. And, you know, this is, you know, this is this like, this is going to feel really hard, but this is what's going to make me even better. So like that whole kind of mindset and 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 being aware of that. And then obviously being in an environment and a team where the culture, you know, makes it comfortable to be able to make those mistakes and the focus is on, you know, learning and growing from them, um, et cetera. But like in short, you really want to rewire your brain around pain and pain is not something you need to run away from, but pain is a signal to like lean into that and it's showing that the growth is there. Now you won't grow mm. if you keep having the pain and you don't realize what the pain is and you're not making the, the you know the, the various improvements, right? Um, but you know, I think rewiring your brain to going okay like it's meant to be this way. Like I'm going through this hard thing. It's it's meant to be painful, it's meant to feel awkward, but that is the signal that I am getting a lot better at this i am in the growth zone you know it's now on me to focus on my effort like to focus on my mindset to focus on where i can put my effort and then i'm i am going to get good at this and you know it is going to get really enjoyable really soon and so i think that sort of links in with the morale piece as well yeah. um, in terms of that kind of growth mindset because you're kind of going all right let, let's let's keep chugging like let's keep going here because when we get to the top of this hill um, yeah, you know, that's 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 when you know all the amazing stuff happens in terms of where I want to be relative to my goals. And I think probably that's the last point to to finish on. Reminding yourself as to why you're going through the, like, why are you doing this? You know, goddamn hard thing. <laughs> um, mm. Is is are like, the goals that you set yourself? Um, and I think it's okay to use some fuel. Like, there's been times where someone said to me, um, "Oh, like." You know, that's not going to work or like, that's going to be possible. Or, oh, you're trying that. And I've used that like, fuck you, like I'm going to, sh- like I cannot wait in a year's time to like preview wrong, right? And that's not yeah. all growth mindset. <laughs> that is a bit of a competitive spirit <laughs> yeah. and wanting to use some of that as fuel. And I think that's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Like wanting to, whatever, it is, whatever you tap into that is your chip on the shoulder or the thing that gives you the drive, um, like that's okay, but you want to put it, into the growth mindset system right which is like yeah okay that's fine use that as some you know use that emotion as some energy and some fuel source but putting it into the all right i'm now going to like improve on this thing and this is what i'm going to focus on um yeah i think both across novice sweet spot growth zone and expert that's really what takes you through um those emotions to get the growth that you want to get to the next stage maddie
0: I love it yeah this is a great scene setting for 2024 seek out pain pain is good reflect on it and that's where you're going to find growth so yeah hopefully everyone starts asking for the feedback they need feel comfortable taking on criticism sit in the emotion move on and do something about it take action and that's where you go up the s curve this has been a really good app, mark that's been super helpful for me so excited to start doing some of this myself
1: good stuff next
0: time. Awesome. Until next time. Hey there. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Startup Jobs. This episode was made in collaboration with our friends at Early Work Academy, Australia's only tech sales bootcamp with a job guarantee. Applications are currently open for the next cohort and all of the details are in the show notes. And finally, if something resonated with you in today's episode, we're posting episodes like this every week, including CEO memos straight from Michael. The best way to get these episodes on the day is by hitting the follow button on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time.